right. Well, I hope most of you took a break from social media over the weekend. I know I didn't, but you're supposed to. That's your job. And my job is to tell you what happened over the weekend. Ultimately, though, there was a protest, and I'll use air quotes, of course, because, well, there was a protest that happened outside of the White House, and ultimately it was a bunch of protesters who were turning violent. But if if you read the mainstream media, and we're going to pull up this article right here, it was uh, mostly peaceful, and that's according to the D.C. police chief, uh, Pam Smith. She said most of the protest was peaceful, but ultimately, thanks to Border Hawk, we have video that shows that probably wasn't that peaceful. Ultimately, we see protesters literally trying to break into the White House. That's what they're doing right there. They are going against the fence. And that looks like a temporary fence, not the actual White House gate. And you could see on the other side of that is Secret Service trying to hold up the fence because these people are literally attempting to break into the White House. Now, Joe Biden wasn't there, of course. Another vacation, I guess, whatever you want to say. He's just unavailable on the weekends. But ultimately, uh, they were violent. We know that they were violent because we heard reports of a knife uh, being pulled by one of the protesters. And you can see here, I mean, what a Secret Service holding? They're not, they're not holding up the fence because no one's banging on it. They're holding up a fence because there are people on the other side trying to break through it. As you can see there, someone climbing over the fence, which if you've been paying attention, according to uh, the D.C. Uh, uh, U.S. attorney, Matthew Graves, that's a crime. That's a crime. These people are trying to enter a restricted area. And ultimately, that would require the DOJ to go full swing and target these people and go after them with all of their resources. But I reached out to Matthew Graves' office, and they didn't want to get back to us. But ultimately, nobody was arrested after they attempted to break into the White House. It's pretty disgusting. It's pretty disturbing. It's expected, though. This new regime just seems to, you know, pick and choose who they want to prosecute and who they want to apply the law to. And these individuals are exempt from the law because they are Joe Biden's terrorists. They are not... Uh, conservatives who are just trying to peacefully protest. They are people who want to get into the White House because they are upset that we are supporting Israel and not supporting Hamas terrorists. I want to bring in an individual who shot that video that you're seeing right now, Wide Lyman. He is the field reporter for Border Hawk. Thank you so much for joining us, Wide. I, I want to say that like you showed us the video. You told me you were going there first off. You sent me the video, and ultimately when I saw it, I had a couple hundred likes. But now you have over 12 million views on that video alone. The police chief says that it was a peaceful protest, but you were there firsthand. Would you say that was a mostly peaceful protest? If you look at it in terms of the entire day, you could probably make that conclusion. But that moment was definitely not peaceful in any way, shape or form. And, and the lead up to that is interesting. We were there for several hours before mm -hmm. they got through that section of fence. And they had been trying for many hours for the entire length of the fence on the north side. So, you know, until that moment, mildly peaceful, I guess you could say. But right there, they they were totally willing to get through. The, the crazy part is so they. I can get into the details as far as what happened to the fence, but hundreds of people rushed that section as well. So you can only imagine what would have happened if they had all gotten through. Yeah. So it looks like it's temporary fencing that just went up. Is that correct? It is. So the prior uh, protest that had uh, similar numbers I covered, they had just temporary bike fences out front. And they got through those very quickly and got to the actual White House gate. A prior video that we shot at Borderhawk is them climbing that gate, which you also, as you alluded to in your opening, you definitely cannot do that. So they took a different route. This is the similar fencing that you see outside the Capitol and outside the Supreme Court. It's about, I want to say, eight or nine feet tall, and it has a very flat 
uh, bottom, you know, so the idea is that you can't just push it over. So it's about three feet long on the bottom. So it is temporary, but it is substantial. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because ultimately, like they should not even be there in the first place. And you wouldn't even need that fencing if these were peaceful protesters. But again, they're able to get away with this. I mean, this is a scary situation. But when I reached out to Secret Service, ultimately Secret Service only made zero arrests, literally zero arrests. I mean, I could see multiple crimes being committed here and they're pretending like this was nothing that was significant, although their officers, their agents are on the other side trying to hold up a fence because they have to protect the White House. Do you think you've been to a lot of these protests? Do you do you think this is the last that we're going to see of these uh, protesters trying to get into the White House? Because this isn't the first time they've done this. Not remotely the last one. Um, there are two things that are sort of going to kind of lead into the next few months. Uh, the conflict that's increasing in the Middle East, we've seen bombings and issues with ships in Yemen. There was an additional attack this morning, I believe, on a U.S. ship. And as that conflict increases, that will increase these protests, their numbers and their I guess, uh, vitality, their excitedness at these events. And what you're also going to see is warmer weather. It, it wasn't as cold as, say, Iowa is right now, but it was horribly cold with the wind. And the protest shut down pretty quickly after that uh, scene that we shot there. And a lot of it had to do with the cold. I mean, it's, it's 20 degrees with the wind chill. Warmer temperatures and increasing conflict, you're going to see more of these and they're going to be more violent. Yeah, it's sad, but it's true. And we're heading into election season. So you have to assume that's what these these people are going to do. We saw it back in 2020. So, you know, we, we joke and we say it lightly, but it's riot season for these folks. It's always on the left. They're they're always getting ready to go and to, to commit violent acts and they get away with it every time. I want to talk a little bit about, you filmed this here. It's someone who just pulled a knife out and they're quickly pushed away and brushed away. So I kind of want you to give us a little bit of the backhand scenario, what was going on here, because you seem to have caught most of it on film. Yeah, most of it we did get. Um, so this is at the very beginning of the protest. This is at the head of the protest. So the way this works is most of the protesters are in the street and then the sidewalks are clear for pedestrians and tourists and other folks. This guy ran off from the sidewalk and I did not see it directly, but he takes a knife out and another protester runs over, grabs it out of his hand and immediately yells for police to come over and um, get this guy. The uh, protester who accosted the man with the knife, and you can see in your video there, he's being detained. Uh, he handed it to the police. And then we conducted a street interview right afterwards, telling him, asking him the story, tell us what happened. Uh, Brianna, this was the only time the entire day, which included breaking the fence, throwing bottles at police, throwing flags at police and poles, doing all sorts of vandalism to the statues. Uh, we haven't even posted those videos. This is the only time I saw anyone detained for any length of time. And I can't confirm whether he was arrested or not. He was only detained. Yeah, I mean, as far as I know, there there were no arrests that were made. So ultimately, this person was set free. And we gave, you know, Secret Service and the DOJ enough time to respond back to us. And they decided not to. So ultimately, that's all we have to go off of. Uh, it's just, it's disgusting. It, I wonder, do you know what the motive was for him to even pull out the knife in the first place? Was that ever kind of stated? Not stated and not known. These these protests, they're, they're a powder keg. We've heard this expression before, but they're all on the edge. You know, there's a lot of times where other protesters will start uh, throwing things or attacking a building or they start yelling at Starbucks, um, which is to yeah. me one of the funniest things. Um, and they'll do all kinds of numbers and there's people trying to corral them at times. Again, I'll reference when they got the fence 
um, de detached. They took that end off. There were a hundred people that are ready to rush and go forwards. And they're chanting the most horrible things before that, the FJB, the let's go Brandon, death to Israel, death to the US. I mean, these people are just ready to some level of violence will certainly kick off at any moment. Deaths to the U.S. should definitely catch our federal government's attention, I would say, because that is legitimately terrorist. I mean, that's what ultimately what they're trying to say is they're going to want to cause the rest of us harm. And it, under a normal administration, that would be considered a threat. But I did reach out to the FBI and the DOJ again to kind of go through a lot of this. I want to get another video that you did post. It's uh, of an individual pulling out a jihadist flag. And ultimately, uh, the protesters kind of swept away and tried to grab it and, and tuck you know that flag away. But ultimately, I see things like that. And that is a threat to our safety as Americans. So I reached out to the FBI regarding that. Plus, there was another video or image, I should say, which was posted online. It wasn't by you. It was by somebody else. And it seems to show some type of Hamas badge on an individual's shoulder. Ultimately, I cannot confirm whether this took place at this event during this time. In the background, it does look like it's DC police that are there. So it might potentially be them. But again, I sent this to the FBI to flag this for them, and they would not actually give me comment on it. Instead, they referred me to Secret Service, and Secret Service wouldn't talk about this. So between this image that could potentially have been you know, taken during the protest yesterday and the jihadist flag that you personally saw, uh, why isn't this on our federal government's radar? Because potentially all these people here could be terrorists. You would hope it's on someone's radar. And what's interesting as well about that video that you're showing is the different factions within the protest. You, you do have extremists in these groups and a small percentage of, of extremists is a large number of people. So you're hoping that they're paying attention. You're hoping that they're you know, on the lookout for these kinds of things. Uh, and I saw three of those flags by three different people uh, on Saturday. And there are certainly a lot of them that are sympathizing, a lot of them that are present that have extreme views. I mean, even just some of the other chants that we've heard, river to the sea, you know, what does that mean? Well, what's going to happen to Israel in this situation? And when they say uh, no walls uh, anywhere, right? No Mexican walls, get rid of the colonizers. These have very serious undertones that you hope someone's paying attention to. They're likely paying attention to uh, other things that they should be paying attention to. But yeah, you, you could just see the level of violence that's on the edge here and the threat to the U.S. I mean, again, this concept of getting rid of colonization, getting rid of the walls. I mean, that's a threat to us, our sovereignty uh, in particular. Yeah, yeah, hey, that's a fair that's a fair thing to say. I mean, right now we have a federal government that's targeting conservatives and not targeting actual terrorists. I mean, we have an open border, which has millions of people flooding in that we don't know who they are. Then we end up with protests like this, which are calling for the genocide of Jews and also calling for the end of America. And so, yeah, uh, if you're in the federal government right now, your focus should be on these individuals. But unfortunately, that's not the priority. Wide Lyman, I want to thank you for being with us today. Again, for our audience, if you'd like to support his work, uh, you have to support independent journalism because we're not a part of the corporate media world. We are independent. I'd recommend you all head over to borderhawk.news where you can find the latest as well as make a donation. Thank you so much, Wide, for joining us. We greatly appreciate it. You guys, I've said it once before, so I'm going to say it again. And under the Biden regime, I've never been more worried about my financial future. I called my good friend, Dr. Kirk Elliott, because I wanted to come up with a plan put in place to make sure I was secure. And he came up with a plan for me to invest in silver. I'm rich.
I've got my silver. I'm feeling so much better about my future. I highly recommend you give him a call and just chat with his team. 720-605-3900. And you could also head over to his website if you'd like to schedule an appointment. It's kirkelliotphd.com slash Brianna. After a long day of filming, I've got to somehow take off all this makeup, but make sure that I put the nutrients back into my skin that it desperately needs. So I found this new skincare line. I have to tell you all about it. Givaderm is all natural products. I use it twice a day. I use it in the morning and I also use it before I go to bed. First up, we have this clay cleanser. This is amazing because it takes up all of your makeup and it smells good too. Vitamin C is so important for brightening your skin. I also used to get super bad acne, and so it's helping, um, I guess, kind of like blending my acne scars a little bit so they're not so bright anymore. Here it is, it's the Vitamin C Serum. Just little pumps and put it on. And then don't forget your neck. Now moving on to step three, that is their Uplift Serum. You don't have to do that much. So many times I have like these high-end products and I'm clogging my pores and you can see it. It's literally always around here and around my nose area. But for some reason, maybe it's just because it's natural and it's not all that garbage chemicals that are into it. It seems to clear it up so well. Step four, it's the bamboo mist. It feels so amazing on your skin. I mean, you could literally name all these products that are in it. Definitely also like a cooling. See? And then this one, it's called Nourish. It's like this amazing cream, super light. You don't need that much of it. And always make sure you get under the eye area, not in your eyes. Give a Derm has done miracles for my skin. I highly recommend it to everyone, men and women, because guess what happens if you don't take care of your skin? It looks like you're aging quicker than what you really are aging. Natural products, all made in the USA. They don't support any of the garbage that comes out of China. It's not gonna be found in your products. I promise you that. You have to get this product. Click down the link below. Give a Derm is the product name and the promo code for 10% off right now is Brianna. the only channel dedicated exclusively to world entertainment. I'm your host, Brianna Morello. My journey into conservative media is quite unique. I was raised in Huntington, New York with my six siblings. My mom stayed at home and raised us all while my father worked. After graduating school, I landed in the sports world. I was a freelance reporter and a producer for several outlets. I worked for companies like Major League Baseball, NHL, ESPN Plus, and many others. But it wasn't until a couple of years in the sports world I realized it just wasn't for me. So I made the jump into the news industry. My first gig was at Fox News and Fox Business. I was a teleprompter operator. And although they say it's an entry-level position, it was extremely high-pressure environment. You stay classy, San Diego. I'm Ron Burgundy. Damn it! Who typed a question mark on the teleprompter? After spending a year over at Fox, I decided New York wasn't for me. So I picked up all my belongings and drove all the way down to South Florida. I moved to West Palm Beach before anyone else did. And then during my time in West Palm Beach, I landed at a local news station down here. I was so tired of having to just copy and paste over scripts from platforms like the Associated Press and other platforms where you just don't put thought process into it and there's somebody else who's generating a script for your anchor. So then I ended up landing at Newsmax. I think Bloomberg has a really tough situation he's going through right now. After spending quite some time over at Newsmax, I did head back to Fox. 
I started working for Maria Bartiroma as a booking producer for her Fox Business Weekend show, as well as Wall Street Journal at large. After finding out that Fox wanted me to comply with the local New York City vaccine mandate, I resigned. But I am extremely grateful because if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have landed my first gig in independent journalism with Emerald Robinson. We launched The Absolute Truth on Lindell TV and it's been absolutely incredible. Our very own senior producer here at The Absolute Truth for her show debut, Brianna Morello. I am now a firm believer in independent journalism and strongly believe that will save our country. So I'm honored to be on this independent platform and bring you the stories you won't see anywhere else. Join me in my journey on The Brianna Morello Show here on Rumble. And if you enjoyed that segment, make sure you hit that like button. And if you want to see the news before it becomes the news, you have to subscribe to our channel. And well, if you have a liberal friend that you're looking to save, make sure you share this content with them.